Hello everyone and welcome to Showhoppers. Today we are covering Watchmen, Episode 9, See How They Fly. I am Mr. Sal, high school science teacher, re-watching Watchmen because I love it. And because I'm trying to complete the Damon Lindelof television series set with my co-host and former student, Kurt, who is watching this for the first time. Kurt, I do have to tell you, though, you look stupid in those panties. Well, <laughs> so mean, Mr. Sal. <laughs> I've saved the world twice now. I mean, this is what you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'll just become maybe i'll just look blue maybe i'll just do that there you go okay all right, all right. well yeah. hey let's get blue with our <laughs> with, <laughs> with our ratings rating Kurt, it's finale time this is the last episode of watchmen maybe the last episode of watchmen ever uh, but certainly the last episode of Watchmen for now. Did you the love next it? Twenty years, uh, maybe forty. Who knows? <laughs> this was all, this was about thirty-five. But hmm, did you love it? Did you hate it? Did it tarnish the whole series for you? Was it? Did it pal in comparison to the previous episode, or is it your favorite finale of all time? It could be any of those things. Uh, this is a little more action-heavy than what we we usually cover on on show hoppers certainly then even for this series it's a little more action heavy than than we're used to i think though i do think you i do think you liked it. i i don't know if i don't know if you loved it i i think that i think you're probably okay with what some people call the actually tim blake nelson who plays looking glass wade calls this the the biggest cliffhanger in the history of television uh i don't i don't think i'd go that far but he does um i think you're okay with that i think you you kind of like the ambiguity of the ending i think you you like how all the action and drama played out i think you like how the themes are you know i, I think you i think you love this episode i think you give it done okay well you recommended the series to me so that's you know that, that's probably a mark in that you probably like the final. It's a very Adrian-heavy final. <laughs> I think you're a big fan of Mr. Vite and his methods. So... <laughs> that is method. <laughs> Phenomenal. <laughs> so I think you gave it a 10 based off that. <laughs> so the, what you're telling me is that you could have predicted that I would have given this a 10 before we even started recording the series. I could have predicted you gave it a 10 after watching like the first 10 minutes. And knowing that we have to record the series, because there's <laughs> enough light in that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely gave it a 10. I, I think I, I originally didn't like this finale as much as I did the second time. Watching this the second time, I was super into the finale. I loved it. So, like, mm -hmm. lapped it right up. Some of the stuff from the finale is a bit predictable. Um, What's that? Some of the stuff's a bit predictable. Uh -huh. That being said... No, I'm, I, this is great. I loved it. I gave it a ten. This is a yeah. great finale. I loved yeah. it. This, this, this satisfied every itch. I loved yeah. everything they answered. The yeah. actual ending, ending uh -huh. is pretty good. Check off egg. It came to fruition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> the, even the closing credits was "I am the walrus," which one of the <laughs> most memorable lyrics from "I am the walrus" is "I am the Eggman." Yeah, <laughs> there you go. And it could have been the best prank of all time. The best prank of all time. Yeah, if that egg has no powers. <laughs> Imagine in the pool. <laughs> she ate a raw egg, a reg, and then walk right into the pool <laughs> after her husband died. That what a legendary prank. <laughs> prank. A prank from the grave. Like or... I like I like to imagine that this whole time, like even from when they first met, he was setting up this prank. <laughs> like he can't actually give his powers like that he just lied about it the whole time just this elaborate prank at the very end no i know but it looks like she's actually dr manhattan now so it's i mean it seems like i mean whether she is or whether no. she isn't is is not does not really i guess affect to me yeah. um like the, the the fact that she wants to be after will tells her you know given all that he could do he could have done more like it, th that prompts her to want to be. I, I think that's the important thing. Yeah. Um, 
But the question is, could Dr. Manhattan actually do more? So again, I, I, I feel like they failed to realize how he sees reality, right? Well, well, that's now th- that's not Angela saying it. That's Will yeah, saying that's it. That's Will right? saying it. No, that's true. So, yeah. So so Will doesn't probably fully understand how Dr. Manhattan sees mm-hmm. time. But at the same hand, I guess it does matter the person who gets to me because would Lady True be abusive if she was Doctor Manhattan? Would she sure seemed like wait, like it? Oh, she seemed like she would. Well, she at first she says she wants to fix everything, but perhaps yeah. if she gets Doctor Manhattan's powers, yeah, things change when you can see everything. Who knows? You know, I yeah. I just I wonder how much it changes the because the only person to ever become Doctor Manhattan is John Osterman, yeah, and. I kind of I've been quite like I've been wondering how much did that affect him his life before being Doctor Manhattan affect him? And it's like well mm. he did remember the you know the two people in the manor. Yep, they, they had an impact on him when he made something beautiful finally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess being the watchmaker's son, the watchmaker's <laughs> son. But I don't know if that had a huge impact on him like his life prior as much. Like I don't know what his beliefs were, John Osterman. I don't know. So I I wonder yeah. how um once they become the blue person if they would uh how much they'd fulfill their goals and how much they'd care to hmm yeah that's an interesting point that's an interesting interesting point I got a question for you like sure. so I I felt like there might have been an outside chance given how much you love the graphic novel given how the season's gone so far I felt like there was an outside chance of this series being maybe not your favorite series of all time because i don't think anything ever displaces breaking bad but maybe your favorite series uh that we've covered it might very well be i i was thinking about this fact i actually really do like the universe a lot Uh uh-huh and it's made me think about reading some of the other stuff like we were talking about off the podcast or something called rorschach's journals or some other stuff Mm -hmm. but there's there's an element of them too much of something good. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to ruin the universe. Right. I was kind of, I was partly worried the series would ruin it, although it didn't have a lot of raving reviews about it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was pretty confident it would be pretty good. I, I held out hope. I think early on it was a lot slower, but definitely by episode three, it, it picked up a lot more. Yeah, I, uh, I, I also think that if you rewatch those first two episodes, you'd be they're a lot better now. Yeah, yeah, you're a lot better knowing, you know, especially Adrian. Adrian yeah. Bite stuff rewatching it must be amazing. Yeah. Or, and, like, and and it is, and the Will stuff too. Like, oh I'm, yeah, knowing that he's hunted justice and doing and, all this, and Cal, like all of it. <laughs> yeah, you're right, and I guess Judd too, because then you yes, have, yeah, oh, good rewatchability, good rewatchability. Oh, yeah. This is. But this, the series is definitely worth a rewatch. But I I love the universe. And, you know, I I hope that they explore it again, although mm-hmm. I don't want them to explore it again just because it's a, you know, just because and then soil it in some way. But I did. I did like this ending. I, I, I was pretty satisfied by it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're fools for trying to arrest Adrian Veidt. <laughs> it's not going to work. He's going to get out as he should. <laughs> so, Save the world uh, twice. So I, I just finished listening today to uh, the official Watchmen podcast with Craig Zabin and Damon Lindelof. Um, and Damon, Lindel- Damon Lindelof, of course, the creator of the show, Craig Zabin was just kind of asking him questions and talking to him. But Lindelof said, that when asked about a sequel, he said, right now I, I, I feel like the answer is probably not going to happen. He said that the reason I like, Lindelof is like hugely influenced by the graphic novel. Like it's, he he got them in issues, you know, the twelve issues as they came out as a kid. You know what I mean? So like it, it it was formative for what he became and why he went into writing. So like this is you know any storytelling in general. But uh, he he said that the reason that he did this one was because he was able to answer the questions why. And why now? And he said, right now, this is, of course, in 2019 when he finished, he's, he's giving this interview and he said, right now, I don't have a good answer to why a sequel and why now a sequel. So he, I've also heard him say that he, as much as he you know, reveres the material and he felt like he had something to say to, to make the series, yeah, he always kind of felt like a lot of this wasn't his story to tell being a white male. Um, and he he has put out there into the universe 
you know, if somebody else wants to pick up where I left off and, and, and do a season two, I wouldn't be opposed to it. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I think at some point there will be another series mm-hmm. from DC with this. I mean, it's a pretty, um, I mean, it's not as popular as Batman and other stuff, but it's a critically acclaimed one. So I yeah. think um, enough time it'll come back, whether mm-hmm. it's another decade or something, but mm-hmm. we'll see I mean, if I... it does come back, I will, mm-hmm. I will, I will be back. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. <laughs> so well, I'm interested to see if, if, if over time you, you think about this as, as your at least your favorite series that we've covered, if not your favorite series in general. So interested. It's it's just it's done a very good job of having generations of like lore in a way with like the oh, Minutemen, yeah. yep. the original Watchmen, and then modern you know modern day, yeah, I guess Watchmen, and and I just love the mix of the lore along with <laughs> it being superheroes. I do like superhero stories, and they're you know more gritty and grayer superheroes. None of them are. Mm-hmm truly heroic you could probably find like something in all of them as to how they're flawed in some way mm-hmm. maybe not dan Tryberg, i guess <laughs> well, I, I don't know but it's it's good and even yeah. I, even dan you can figure out flaws in too so yeah 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 and i'm interested to see what we come up with in our recap next week mm-hmm. for things like goodest character and baddest character uh you know, favorite, most interesting character, character who uh, grew so, the most, like that type of stuff. We can only, can we only see characters that we saw uh, in in the series for for all the categories, or which yeah, categories? Yeah, all about? the categories. Like, can I put in Dan Dryberg? No, okay. <laughs> can't. Yeah, I think it's got to be characters who were actual characters in this series. So I can't say Rorschach. otherwise. Otherwise, we're talking about. I mean, otherwise we're talking about the the graphic novel. Like we already did yeah. that. Podcast. Okay. Okay. So we should have talked about that then. Okay. Which actually we did talk. You you did talk about how you Rorschach. thought Rorschach would be the goodest character. <laughs> you can make an argument. Very weird. You yeah. can make an argument. <laughs> you can make an argument. He's the goodest character. And I I gave some salient points to it. He's, I think. he's got the strongest moral compass. Now whether you think that po- compass is pointed in the right direction is a whole other argument. <laughs> Even in the face of Armageddon, right? Yes. You will not, you will not compromise that fact, right. Mister Sell. Oh, his moral compass. He got yes. obliterated because of it. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. I mean, he did not reconstruct himself, as far as we know. Yeah. And as the person who know. did it is gone now. <laughs> Son of a gun. I also don't want to just uh, forget about, like, I, I feel like the themes of, of race and legacy and, and, um, and masks and their, their importance and what they mean. Like, I feel like these themes are just so well put together throughout the whole course of this season and and then tied so nicely back together in the end it is it's very well done the team of racial inequality and also like mixing in history oh my god how they mixed in history with you know it's obviously like a parallel or like a different universe than ours like president redford Mm -hmm. imagine imagine how ridiculous it would be having a president that plays a cowboy (laughs) a cowboy (laughs) actor become president yeah how ridiculous that is uh yeah for those of you who don't know by the way ronald reagan who was who would have been president at the time that the graphic novel was written was an actor who did do plenty of westerns yeah (laughs) i I thought that was a funny line yeah that's great i lost my train of thought on that it's well, that's okay. <laughs> let's let's talk about our favorite scenes. All right, all right. I think for you, I so I think I have this, but I'm not. I'm I'm not feeling very highly confident about this. I, I put this at like sixty percent certainty about this one. Uh, maybe less. Maybe like fifty-two percent on this one. Uh, the, I think maybe your favorite scene is. Uh, when Angela and Will reunite in the Dreamland Theater toward the end. Oh, very like yeah, where they where they discuss facts, discuss facts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, I'm trying to think what you would have said. Uh, I think your favorite scene is. I think it's true visiting Vite at Karnak. Okay, you really put a lot of stock in my uh affection for adrian Vite. <laughs> i have yeah <laughs> oh man i mean for you, you i think you think that the sun rises and sets by adrian Vite for me it does 
I do love Adrian Veidt, but that is not my favorite scene. Oh, it was Angela and Will at the end. It was Angela and Will at the end. That's a very good scene. That's a very good scene. I will give you that. It, it, it is. It, it, he sums up. Oh, here. Why was that your favorite scene? Well, uh, first of all, I, I watched. I watched it three times. I, I I watched it, and then I was like, I don't think I caught all of that because I was taking notes. I was like, I gotta watch it again. And I took more notes. I was like, I don't think I. I have I think I'm pretty complete on my notes here, but I just need to watch this just just to take it all in without being distracted by my pencil and paper. I mean, this I was in tears. I I don't know I don't know what it was about. Well, I I have some ideas about what it was, <laughs> but I I was moved to tears by this. This Will's movie. delivery is amazing. It, it, he is so good. Oh my God. It's just incredible. So, you know, he's there, you know, the, the kids are sleeping on the stage. And by the way, this, this theater is the, he mentions it later, but this is the dreamland theater. This is where he was when his, this is when his life changed, right? His mother used to play the piano right over there. I sat in this seat. I watched Bass Reeves, 15 feet tall. Trust and, in the law. Trust in the law. And, oh, and they juxtapose it with the kids saying just trust in the law. And it's lip synced with, old will saying it it's it, i mean that that was enough to move me to tears this is also the theater where they performed oklahoma in episode one when judd and jane were there watching it so like this is this theater has been kind of pivotal throughout the course of the series but he says he's sorry to hear that john's gone but not so much lady of truth right <laughs> so, so he knew it's it's a, he knew he was making a deal with the devil when he was making a deal with lady true but it was worth it. it. It was worth it to him because he needed to take out the, the leadership of Cyclops. That was his life's work. You know, it, it, he needed that justice in his life. But then on top of that, he says that it was John's idea to make the deal with her, which is, I mean, when you think about it, it was it John's idea or did he just know what was going to happen? Right. <laughs> no, he, yeah. he, he knew it was going to happen. So he told Will about it. And, and this is this is how it goes down. So, so we hear about John's sacrifice, which which makes Doctor Manhattan's character, who's not even in the scene, like so much richer that he was he made that sacrifice for for the sake of not just for the sake of getting that power out of the universe, also for the sake of Will's getting his justice, but also for the sake of Angela understanding who she is and why she wears the mask. And he, he says he's, he's so pleased that he's, he's really pleased that Angela took the pills because now he knows his, now she knows his origin story. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, and, and he, when he asks her how it felt when she put them, when he put the mask, the hood on his head, how did that feel? And she says, I felt anger. And when he says, that's what I thought too. But it wasn't anger. It was fear and hurt. And, and I, I think that's when – and then she breaks down crying, and that's when I start breaking down in tears. It's, you can't heal under a mask, Mr. Sal. That's right. Yes, yes, you can't heal under a mask. Angela, wounds need air. And when I heard Zabin and, and Lindelof – I think it was actually Zabin who, who really summarized this so well. He was talking about you know, that – all of the fear and all of the hurt that is uniquely American because of the, you know, the original sin of America, right? Slavery being the original sin of America, all of the, all of the anger that comes out about it, it's all a mask of fear and hurt from, from all sides of it. Right. And the, the it's only through talking about it that will ever be able to reconcile any of it and it's such a hard thing to discuss because of all the fear and hurt and so to hear him say that about the mask and, and, and honestly you can think about masks in so many ways you know we we know what anonymity especially online anonymity can do or adrian Veidt said it earlier in the episode right masks make men cruel yes yes so so, so that's why he needed the game warden to wear a mask because it made him crueler or at least seem crueler but when you couple that with the idea that masks make you feel angry but it's not anger it's fear and hurt coming out and cruelty and you see it in the anonymity of the internet 
right? Of, mm-hmm. of social media, of, of whatever. Like it's, it's easy to, to criticize people from behind your computer because that's the mask you're wearing. They don't know you. You're not usually going to see these people, but the impact you can have on these people is so real. Anyway, so all of that was, was it affected me so deeply. I, like I said, I had to watch the scene three times. And when he, he tells Angela that John told him that this was the only way, the way it had to be, because you can't make an omelet without breaking a couple eggs. And that you'll understand when the time is right, you know, when she invites and, and then she invites him to stay with her. And that's a really big deal. Like this was a stranger to her probably what, a week ago, maybe two mm-hmm. weeks ago. Yeah. And now she's come to understand who he is, where he came from, how his wounds have become her wounds. And th- there's an invitation into her home, which is a really intimate thing to, to invite someone to stay in your home is, is like, that's a big deal. Like I, I, this, this is a guy who she has every right to hate because he's probably responsible for the death of her husband. Yeah, he hated him. But but and when she understands the full scope of everything, like she, this is this is his legacy that he's trying to impart on her. And then the you know the the concept of legacy, which which plays throughout the whole series. Like here it is, and this is another thing Lindelof talked a lot about. That legacy means something very different to white people in America than it does to black people in America. Right? Uh, the legacy to you know say me is 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 a remember and, and nostalgia too. Is it just you know remembering things like the good old days? And and I, I get really kind of I don't know. I, I get concerned when I hear people talk about the good old days because the good old days may have been good for some people, but not for a lot of people. So anyway, uh, this, this scene, I think, made the series what it is. This It makes this episode for me. So this is my favorite. It's a very thematic scene. It really ties yeah. in a lot of what the series has been doing about and mm-hmm. even talks about cracking a few eggs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Love to see that. Yep. So what was your favorite scene? Was I was I I was wrong, obviously. What did you say? I forgot what you said. That's that scene. Oh yeah, the scene. Yeah, <laughs> no, yes. You were wrong. You were wrong. Okay. I did not say that scene. Okay. I said I, I, I was torn between two scenes. And that scene as well was mm-hmm. on my third, but I was torn between two. I went with Vite Escaping Paradise. Oh, because <laughs> it, t- it ties in a lot of answers that I've been oh, having sure. with fight stuff, right? I'm like, okay, wait, so, yep. you know, what was he exactly drawing out there? I mean, we I, by this point, we saw the probe going by, but mm-hmm. the uh, I believe we did, right? We did, we saw, yes, we saw yeah, we saw in the scene prior, yeah, the probe going mm-hmm. by and all that stuff. So, just kind of him, you know, it's been another year, it looks like, or some close to another mm-hmm. anniversary. He's dug a hole, he escapes out. Mm-hmm. The game warden comes. Uh, mm-hmm. He does the bite method. He does the thing he, where he catches, catches the, bullet, the bullet, catches the bullet. <laughs> they didn't even talk about that at all. So you love to see that as a yep. comic reader, as yep. as a gatekeeping uh, snotty <laughs> Watchman comic reader. <laughs> Should have read it before you watch the series. Really love seeing the bullet catch. I, I do think it's kind of confusing if you've never seen the series, and he just. Randomly catches a bullet, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Goes on, kills the game warden with the bite method, and just oh, a very sharpened horseshoe, <laughs> <laughs> aka the bite method, all in the bite okay. method. And just his little conversation with the game warden sums up basically how everything went. That it was all kind of for show. Oh yeah, uh, the, the, that, I mean, he scripted everything. Like that, everything the, was scripted. The trial, the pigs, the the uh, the play. The I mean, the play. When he says the play in, in five acts in, in the first episode, I, I think of the five acts as being the five other Adrian Veidt scenes that we got. Mm-hmm. Makes right? sense. That yeah. makes sense. Or no, I guess there's more than five. But anyway, but the, the other Adrian Veidt scenes that we get, with with one of them being that trial and Crookshanks giving that long monologue or soliloquy about it or monologue uh, about all his crimes, which he wrote for her. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. I guess he needed a worthy adversary to keep saying. Yeah. And Mr. Phillips, Game Warden Phillips. Was not that worthy adversary. It's <laughs> just a look on his face. Mm-hmm. Man, how sad. And then they all wish him well. 
And when he gets, uh, it, this is what really got me for the scene. It's when he got, I, this wouldn't have been my favorite scene, but the ending of it is really good. I'm just, mm-hmm. he gets aboard. And I'm like, okay, so he's coming back. Cause I'm still wondering what time period, like where, where right. are we? we don't There's know. no way he yeah. can get back, you know, very quickly, but he mm-hmm. made and it makes him do the pose and yes. he gets frozen like star Wars style. <laughs> yep. Jeez, that was really good. I was like, oh my goodness, that's Adrian the whole time. How long has he been frozen for? He's been right there. Um, since episode four, when the that's when he fell down. The yeah, yeah, okay. Lady Shrew, when Lady Shrew bought bought the Clark farm, Mm -hmm. that's what was falling was him. Yeah, so so he came recently. Okay, yeah, still. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, I mean, we've seen that statue at least two times. Three yeah, times. Yeah, even pointed out. Like, why? Yeah. Why do you? Why? Why do you get an old version of a? Yeah, why does it looks so old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's that's so cool. I love that. As soon as you can kind of figure it out as soon as you see the spray come out and it's gold. You're like, oh. yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was a really cool transition too. It that. is. Yeah. It is. Oh. That is very cool. I do love the conversation he has with the game warden about masks. Masks make men cruel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's. I mean, it's kind of the point. It's kind of what Keen, Joe Keen and Judd Crawford's plan was from the beginning: put everybody in masks, and you can't tell the good guys from the bad guys. Yeah. So Adrian Veidt, not a mask wearer. I mean. Osmandius did wear a mask. And, Not and anymore. Vite did wear it like once or twice in this season, but not much. He's not a big mask wear. No. He just puts on his outfits, a little purple outfit, and walks <laughs> around in it. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> indeed, yeah. No, that's, it's, that's a really cool scene, too, and it is cool uh, seeing him, seeing all the all the Phillips and Crookshanks say goodbye on the way. Through. Actually, really cool. th- this is something we see too. Is the the um? Cause we actually didn't see the full "Save Me" sign at this point. No, now we see it's, it. Yeah, you see it as he goes off in his face. "Save me, daughter." Yeah. And then, which, and the scene is, prior, him going, yes. you know, "I'll never call you daughter." Yep. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, and I don't think you ever mentioned the possibility that that might say daughter. So, uh, no, I so didn't. That, 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 which, I mean, it was it was quite a good bait when you do a d and dr manhattan such a prominent force in the series yeah of course it's dr manhattan right nope it's daughter i will never call you daughter yeah i I did guess that she was his daughter though you did but i mean i don't think that was a very hard guess (laughs) (laughs) everything was all kind of laid out for you there that's true (laughs) what i want to call the particularly good guess (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's 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 a great scene, and and Vite, I, I you know it's it's interesting. Vite is a character that like I am so entertained by him and so drawn in by him. And at the end, when Laurie says that they're going to turn him in, I, I have very mixed emotions about. Me it too. I'm sad. I'm like, no, don't bring in Vite. Let yeah. him go. Let, let him be. Yeah, he ain't hurt no one. I mean, I guess he does hurt people, but you know. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. But you know, he does like when you think about what it took for him to get here to get he back. Might, you could argue he is the most heroist hero of them all, <laughs> saving the day twice. He does save the day twice. To save the day, <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. you, could, you could argue he is truly argument. the heroist hero. The argument could be made. So, I mean, I don't know. It, you know, it depends on your perspective on uh, the eleven killer squid. Two. Yeah, the killer squid. Like, okay. yeah, so, did, he, did he save the day, or did he just kill three million people? So, yeah, fair. But yeah, yeah. so Adrian Veidt definitely an inter- yeah. So this does a long way for Adrian Veidt. This fun. Mm-hmm. Is he the character that has the most screen time? No, probably in not. the finale here. Uh, it's got to be Angela, right? I don't know. The first twenty minutes is a lot of I. That's the only thing that makes me think. But you are right. Like the end half is a lot more. And once he gets back, it's not too much fight. I, I wouldn't say not too much. Like there is, like you know, he's he's talking. He's at the newspaper stand. Mm-hmm. You know, he meets yeah. Lori briefly, and then really cool, really cool. Uh, way to weave him into the narrative, right? I, yeah. I, the whole time you're like, all right, he's Adrian Veidt. He's trying to get off of Europe, but fine. Okay. But how does he fit in with all the rest of the stuff? <laughs> pretty pretty is, cool, I think. He's the odd duck out. Yeah. But it's, it's pretty neat. You know, it's, yes, he's Lady True's father. Okay. Fine. But uh, not only that, but he's, he plays a huge role in, uh, in stopping Lady True. So, yeah. and it's fine. I mean, not all questions are going to get answered. Like, obviously, it ends on a cliffhanger. 
who knows what the uh, FBI is going to do about Vite <laughs> and this, you know, if they're going to go after the president and All right. what they're about hooded justice here and Angela, yeah. are they going to do anything right. about these yeah. two? I don't know. The aftermath of this whole situation, just, you know, a lot of questions, a lot, a lot, a lot of things that could have, that could happen. Yeah. You never know. Well, how about we and, go through this? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. And no. Slippy McGee <laughs> remains unknown. If you just watch the series, if you just watch the series, Slipping McGee, McGee remains unknown. <laughs> we will we will discuss that when we get to the PDP at the end. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, all right. So uh, let's send to the recap, Kurt. It's 1985. We're at Karnak. I don't know if I said Dr. Manhattan enough, but anyway, <laughs> in 1985, Karnak, Adrian is recording his message to President Redford. Uh, Bjorn, who is a cleaner at Karnak, remember, uh, he Vite had a lot of Vietnamese refugees from the Vietnam War who were his servants, not servants. They didn't call themselves servants. They didn't think of themselves as servants, but like household staff at Karnak, who he, mm-hmm. in the graphic novel wipes out he kills them all um, because they know too much here's them knowing too much right (laughs) they're they're the ones recording this video to redford and beyond lady true's mother is a cleaner at karnak and she sneaks into his office she swipes some sperm and quotes the actual og lady true and impregnates herself with Osmandius' sperm and says, F you, Osmandius. I think the quote she's out, something like, I want to ride the strong winds, crush the angry waves, and, you know, kill the killer whales or slay the killer whales or whatever. Anyway, that's all a quote from the original historical Lady True. It, 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 this was a, I was wondering how it came about that true as Vite's son or daughter mm-hmm. if that was the case because like, how does bien and Vite ever get together I, I don't see where this happens right really i was wondering that and, yeah well, i guess that's how it happened this is how it happened <laughs> <laughs> and now we're still in karnak but now it's 2008 and lady true comes trekking through the snow uh to thank adrian for saving the world it must be so frustrating to know that you saved the world and nobody can acknowledge you for it but she's impressed with the continuous squid falls which are randomized as it turns out he wrote an algorithm to randomize it in case any sleuthy people in the future amateur yeah amateur sleuths figured it out but but you know what lady true says this is a rerun you've already done this before so this and he's he's scarred by this i should say that he has no intention of letting her in until she like plays to his ego and says, "You've saved the world. It must be so awful to not have big knowledge for it." I just wanted to come and thank you. Like, <laughs> so she plays right into his ego, and that's when he left, lets her in for tea. Anyway, um, she wants to destroy all the nuclear weapons by becoming Doctor Manhattan. She also wants to clean the air and do all the things that he should have done. So this is a kind of foreshadowing of what Will's going to say at the end that he could have done more. Lady True is saying that he should have done more as well, and that she would do more. Uh, it's not. It's not an unfair point, like to think about it. Because even if, even if I think about the way Document Hand lives his life, yeah, why don't you just quickly snap your fingers and do that, mm-hmm. right? Then mm-hmm. he, he, I guess he'd argue that he doesn't do that <laughs> because right. that's not what happens, <laughs> right? Exactly. Then, exactly. But. Lady True knows that he that Dr. Manhattan's on Europa though, and tells Vite exactly where her satellite will be flying to confirm by Europa to confirm his presence. So that's how Vite knows exactly when and where that satellite's going to be. Mm-hmm. All she needs though is forty-two billion dollars to become Dr. Manhattan, because why would he ever give her forty-two billion dollars? Well, because she's his daughter. He's offended by the story of how she became his daughter and offers her exactly nothing. I do love how we told his origin story. Oh, yeah. It's a cool origin story. Or, or Adrian's? Yeah, Adrian's. Yeah. yeah, how he inherited the money and, and gave it all away so that he could prove that you could become, that you could do anything starting from nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what he offers her, exactly <laughs> nothing. <laughs> and he will never call her daughter. 
And then we go to Europa for your favorite scene where he has spelled out clearly, save me daughter. <laughs> so uh, we'll skip past that. We've already talked about that scene. We're back in the present now and we're in Tulsa and beyond young beyond clone beyond knows that she's true's mother. Right. Uh, and they thaw out Adrian. If thawing is so, what you would call this, but well, I just gotta say real quick. So can Beyond now boss Lady True around? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> about that too. Like can, can she go mm. <laughs> what, I mean, what kind of dynamic is this? You know, you've been raised as this woman's daughter and now you find out that you're also her mother. I don't know how that works. Anyway. Yeah. Well anyway. Uh, it was pretty cool that she wears the same glasses that her mother was wearing or yeah. similar ones at least anyway uh lady true ribs on adrian for calling her daughter and tells him that she's about to become dr manhattan and lady true picks up the, her newspapers herself usually she sends beyond to do it and she puts them in what, the time capsule something like that something to that effect they say yeah. for the time capsule yeah uh vite <laughs> discovers that people don't really care what happened to him i love this conversation with the newspaper <laughs> guy the guy it's the way, it's just uh Vite's so comedic just he is the, the way the guy goes you look a lot like ozymandias uh, uh, not quite like him but you know you can do you know children's parties. parties yeah <laughs> And just like the frowny gets on his face and he says he's so excited to be recognized. I know. I know. Anyway, a sphere from the millennium clock floats overhead and Adrian says the end is nigh. Hmm. All right. Senator Cyclops Sr. arrives to watch his little boy blue himself. This is this is this is uh June, this is a uh, Joe Keen senior, senior. Like the original yeah. Keen yeah. Act Joe Keen. R. O. G. Keen, yep. Yeah, and Wade is there in disguise as with uh, wearing a Rorschach mask. I, that that Go got ahead. me out of the blue. I was really? not expecting that. Got Wade to be wearing the Rorschach mask, pretending to be one of them. You I were not that. expecting that. <laughs> I didn't think. I thought he went skiing. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Wade, Wade tells Laurie that he came for something, and he's going to get them out. I don't actually. Did we ever find out what he came for? Oh, he came for the disc. That's right. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Evidence. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And then, it, but he's going to get uh, the, the two of them out of there. Doctor Manhattan appears in the cage, having been tachyon particle cannoned into it, and Keen gloats. I got you. Angela breaks some fingers to get John's location, and Keen <laughs> gives a long sermon to his audience. <laughs> Yeah. The real monster fight unleashed was not the giant squid. It was Robert Redford who took their guns and made them say sorry for the alleged sins of their ancestors. Sorry for the color of our skin. I mean, th these are modern day white supremacist talking points. We hear <laughs> <It> them. <laughs> and what's funny is this was this came out in 2019. I had not heard most of this yet. Like they, it was around. Like it, people, the, you could find it if you looked for it. Now, it's just out there. It is I more mean, open. It's it's really kind of scary. I mean, really, these comments that Keen makes here are things that you could turn the news on and see them right now. When this came out three years ago, I guess almost four, like well, four years ago, three four years ago, whatever. They were there, but you had to really seek them out if you wanted to find them. You had to know to look for them at all, but so this is this is really kind of chilling when I hear about this. Anyway, he knows where Doctor Manhattan was after uh, where he was after. I'm sorry, he knew where Doctor Manhattan was after Mike got teleported during the White Knight. This was good. I was wondering yeah. how he. Knew. I was like, how do they know though? <laughs> right? How do they know? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, it, so the the way it goes. Uh, White Knight happened, and at, at the time of the White Knight, it was not intended that Joe Keen would become Dr. Manhattan. It was just intended that he would become president, right? Because that was the event that was supposed to put the cops in masks, the bad guys in masks, and now you can't tell who's who. And then Joe jo Keen, you know, comes up with this policy. It works because <laughs> you got the police chief playing both sides so he can keep both sides in check and it looks like it works and now keen can become president but now once this happens and they realize that mike got teleported to gila flats 
which is where Dr. Manhattan's from. Wow, now that changes the whole game because how do you get teleported? Only one person could do that, and that's Dr. Manhattan. So, And only one person survived the White Knight other than, well, two people, I guess, survived the White Knight other than Judd and Jane. That's Angela and Cal. So that's the, the Crawfords start to get close to Angela and Cal to figure out how to get at Dr. Manhattan. Anyway, they got close to them. And they melted down a slew of synthetic lithium batteries to make the cage. So we saw them harvesting those lithium batteries in episode one. Yeah. And this is why, because they needed to make this cage. Well, now Angela shows up by the time Keen's done with his sermon and warns Keen not to do it because, hey, you know what? If Lady True let you steal those batteries that you're using, she wants you to do this. So don't do it. She said she told me she's going to stop you. Don't do this, but nice try, Angela. You're not yeah. fooling me. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah. So uh, he does it anyhow, and when he does, the entire place, all the people, all the equipment, it all gets teleported to Lady True, who literally takes their guns. So the, that's kind of unfair. <laughs> well, I I love it because it's an it's a nice compliment to what Joe Keen just said that Robert Redford took their guns. But here they are. They're, oh, all right. they're all holding these semi-automatic weapons or automatic weapons. And now Lady True literally takes their guns. <laughs> I love that. It's like, You're right. I mean, this is pretty savage. <laughs> he took your guns, but you still got them. Right? Yeah. He so, took her guns. Yeah, okay. But, she actually took her guns, guys. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but Lady True is surprised to see Angela. She wasn't supposed to be there. Lady True is fulfilling her promise to Will. He gave her Dr. Manhattan, and she's going to give him justice. So uh, if you didn't already see what the deal was between Will and Lady True, we see it very clearly now. Uh, she she wanted to be Dr. Manhattan. Will served him up. He wants revenge on Cyclops. Lady True delivers that. She starts to read a letter. Oh, uh, <laughs> before this, uh, Joe Keen has been liquefied, by the way. Yeah, he's been superfied. Popped <laughs> yeah, so. like a water balloon. You got to watch that when absorbing these powers. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's a given. Un unfiltered? Come on now. Amateur. Anyway, Lady True starts to read a letter from Will to the audience, but cuts it short when Jane says, I'll just get up, get on with it. And she just annihilates them all. They're gone. <laughs> Done. John uses Keen's blood to teleport Lori, Adrian, and Wade to Karnak, but only the three of them. Why? Well, to save the day. <laughs> okay. Uh, Lady True is not happy that they're gone because this just she worked very hard to get her father here <laughs> to see this. But well, she she doesn't need an audience though. She's going to go right ahead with through it. And as John dies, he tells Angela that he's in every moment with her all at once. And with that one last love proclamation, he's gone. I'll miss the duck. Yeah. I'll miss this, this, was a, this was a pretty heavy emotional scene as well. You know, he's, Angela asks him, why didn't you teleport me? And he says, because I didn't want to be alone when I die. So, mm -hmm. so he knows. He knows it's coming and, and there's nothing he can do about it. But Ten years in tragedy. A tragic end. Mr. This, is the tra this is the tragic end. Here it is. At Karnak, Adrian or, freezes. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I was at the tragic end could be her eating the raw egg and then walking into the pool. <laughs> <laughs> That's so the ultimate prank. I'm so telling you. Ultimate prank, though. It would be. It would be. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, oh, God. <laughs> at Karnak, Adrian freezes some squid and prepares to make it rain before John's powers get transferred to a most worthy adversary. Which, ah, now there's one, yeah. Yeah. So this is a callback to what he said to the game warden. You know, And the game warden says, was I a worthy adversary? And Adrian says, no. But he does call Lady True a most worthy adversary, which should remind you of a title from a Leftovers episode. Yeah, it is a worthy adversary. A, a most powerful adversary. Most powerful adversary. But, but close enough, right? Yeah. So it's just a callback to that as well. So, folks, by the way, I mean, you know, you just finished watching Watchmen. If you listened along with Show Hoppers, you're probably listening to our Lost coverage. These are Damon Lindelof shows. Go watch The Leftovers. It's like, it's my favorite series. And it's Damon Lindelof. Anyway, 
Anyone who wants the powers of a god, he says, is a raging narcissist who must be stopped. And how does he know this? Because it takes one to know one. Yeah, I did love that line a lot. And I think, I think, I think Adrian's loving kind of what's going on right now. Like just this oh. chance to save the world. Like he's, yeah, the most oh, oh, worthy adversary. Yeah, this is what he's been waiting for. He's been waiting for almost thirty-five years to, to save to humanity do again. This now. again, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and hopefully he gets some more some more publicity for this one because this this one he was not responsible for. So hey, you know what? I can I can take credit for saving the world this time. Yeah, but he obliterated blocks of people. Well, they can't make an omelet without breaking a couple <laughs> eggs. <laughs> anyway, anyway, he drops those frozen squids. It's like a Gatling gun from the sky. And Bjorn wakes up Angela and tells her to get the cops out or they'll get hurt. Blake calls Angela on. Uh, is this the payphone or the Manhattan booth? Like I can't really tell. I don't know what it is, but it somehow gives her a ring. Yeah, and, and and she warns Angela. The squids kill and obliterate the sphere, and they cr- and the sphere crushes Lady True. It's a pretty striking visual too. When the squid goes through her hand, she has she has that hole in her hand. Yeah. Anyway, Angela escapes to the Dreamland Theater under an indestructible lid. Somehow, whatever that is. Obviously, more indestructible than the sphere floating above Lady True. Don't <laughs> so, worry about it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and then we get my favorite scene in the theater, which I won't go through that again. But back at Karnak, Adrian gifts Lori and Wade the original Archie, and they repay him with an arrest and a wrench to the head. Yeah, how dare they? Yeah, screw them. <laughs> That's cruel. I mean, do you think that Vite has changed, or do you think he's still a raging narcissist? I think he's still a raging narcissist. I don't think he's changed. No, not in the slightest. You think he's still? Do you think he's changed? No, no, not in the yeah. slightest. Yeah, no. exactly. I think I think he is just so excited about the possibility of going back to America as a hero, the real hero, right? Mm-hmm. When he so he can do it publicly, and this just poops all over his parade. Anyway. <laughs> As Angela's family they drag him away. Yeah. Listen, it's gonna be a very interesting arrest for him because they're gonna actually arrest him and charge <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah. It'll make it public. Like, it's, right. Like if they came back, I think making a Watchmen movie about arresting Vite and and like the aftermath, I think would be interesting. Maybe you can make it a whole series. I don't know, but I think it'd be very interesting to see the the aftermath of the situation. Yeah, absolutely. So as Angela's family walks away from the theater. To Oh, What a Beautiful Morning, which, by the way, that song that's playing is from Oklahoma, the musical. Oh, okay. Yep. Oh, so, yeah. We've heard it before, I feel like. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think they used this one. They they used o- you know, Oklahoma, the original or the, the title track. Like, oh, Oklahoma, where the Maybe I watched the scene more than once. I, was like, I so, swear it sounded familiar, but. Well, they used that one, and then they they used People Will Say We're In Love. Judd sings that around the table. And then they used uh, It's Summer and We're Running Out of Ice. That was the title of the first episode. Uh, And now here we see, here we hear, oh, what a beautiful morning. But I don't think they used this one yet. But anyway, I don't know if you noticed this, but the letters on the marquee of the Dreamland Theater have been knocked out so that all that appears is Doc, Doc, DRM, Dr. M. No, I did not see that. Yeah, I liked that a lot. <laughs> anyway, uh, Red Scare, Pirate Jenny, and Beyond have survived. I guess it's just important to know that they survive. The characters we know with the names. They yeah, survived. not as oh. Dudley, the <laughs> Gatling gun, machine gun. So now, so now the car, like, roof heads can survive the... <laughs> yeah, I don't But whatever, yeah. anyway. Yeah, I, I don't really care. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, anyway, Angela takes them through the bakery to her car, and Topher discovers that sis- the Sister Night outfit, and he looks shocked and maybe even horrified mm. that, that his mom is a cop. Yeah. She gets the kids tucked in, and Will says, I'm sorry that he's gone, but considering what he could do, he could have done more. Uh, which th- this delivery is, is like gut wrenching as well mm-hmm. because it it really it, it it's if you think about it as this is not he's not talking about Doctor Manhattan he's talking about anybody you know a- anybody living in America right now considering all we can do we could do, we could do more anyway while cleaning up the eggs 
that she that she broke because when Cal was making the waffle, I'm not Cal. Doctor Manhattan was making the waffles, and he said, "Watch the eggs." She grabs them out of the out of the air and just and spikes them, them yeah. on the ground. Mm-hmm. He eats. He's ah, where are you recently? <laughs> eats for what Doctor Manhattan does <laughs> anyway. So uh, she uh, that she broke. She finds one that's intact, and she remembers the egg in the bar. She eats that reg by the pool mm-hmm. and tries to walk on the water, but we'll never know. Or maybe we will someday. It's Who such knows? A good, such a good prank, I'm telling you. <laughs> like imagine, imagine they gave you a five second extended cut on DVD, and it was just her falling into the pool. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, have you ever seen Inception? I have when I was way younger. I I don't okay. remember it too well, but I have seen it. Okay, I'm not going to spoil it, but okay. it's a, a, a like a famously ambiguous ending. Yeah. Okay, and. Lindelof talked about that movie in this in his interview with Craig Zabin, and and he's he talks about it, and he says after he saw it in the theater, he was he was standing at the urinal in the bathroom <laughs> with two friends, not his not his friends, but two guys who were friends with each other on either side of him, and and one to his left says, you know, that was the best ending to a movie I've ever seen. <laughs> one to his right is like that is the worst ending to a movie I've ever seen. It's a similarly ambiguous thing, and so uh, he he says I I agreed with the person on my left who who thought it was the best ending, uh, and so he, he was pretty proud of the ending. That... I like I I agree I like endings that are ambiguous in this way where it poses a question at the end, right? Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. like it when there's a question that you've been wondering and they don't satisfy it because because right. when they pose a question earlier on. I expect an answer, and I'm waiting for an answer. That's why yep. I'm watching the series. But obviously, yep. when they pose a question in the last, like, one minute, uh-huh. fine, right? Something to think on, and, like, that. Yeah, it's, this is good. This is good. I like this. Yeah, this, is, this is spectacular. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's there, there's um, there's another movie. I, I'm sure you probably haven't seen this one. It's a Woody Allen movie called Match Point. It has a similarly ambiguous ending, which is also quite cool. But I... I this this is great, and you, you almost see it coming. You can see you can see it coming. Like as soon as they give you that shot of her foot approaching the water, you're like, oh, they're not going to show us. They're, yeah, this, this is going to be it, and, and then it is. And it's, well, I was wondering. I was wondering if they were going to show her like getting all of her weight on the foot. I was wondering uh-huh. if they would do that. Are they going? Are they going? Are they going? No, they don't. She touched <laughs> the, She touched the water a little bit. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Love the ending. This anyway. is important for later. Watch this, Mister Sal. <laughs> That's right, because Cal did say, or not Cal, Dr. Manhattan did say when he was walking on the pool, he said, it's important that you see me walking on the pool. <laughs> okay, and here's why. So, all right. So that that is that is I just, the recap. But. I just want to say, I thought that, in high, that's a pretty meta thing right there. Because for him to go, it's important that you watch me do this. <laughs> I just, I feel like that's a pretty meta thing. Yeah, because well, the, the listener could interpret it as them having to like well, remember this, right? All right, all right. This is gonna be important later, right? But he's saying it to her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. I agree. So. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. All right. So, Welker, I think, um, I think it's time to uh, check the time. All right. Oh, my goodness, Mr. Sal. It's TV time. I'm so excited. Ain't no time like a TV time. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Scale of one to from one to five. What do you think the audience gave this episode? Five. Five. five, five. They did. 86%. So was every episode but one of five or were they all fives? I think they were all fives. Good work. I think the the lowest one was 65%. 64%. Sorry. That was the premiere. Fair. All right. Well, the character rating, Mr. Mm, the character rating. This right, could go so, a lot of ways. Well, I will tell you this. If Will had been a votable character, there's a very high possibility I would have selected Will for this. All right. Uh, but Will is not a votable character. And so I could not select Will. I see and this he, going. Neither could the audience. I see this going in three camps. So I'm, I'm saying this out, out loud. Mm-hmm. Cow. Right, because Dr. Manhattan dies. In memoriam, uh, though. In memoriam, yes. Very honorable thing to do. Angela, <laughs> very clearly. I mean, protagonist. Uh, hey, do you know what? Jane is a votable character. She dies in this episode. <laughs> Again, Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> 
Gotcha. And then third, Adrian Veidt. So, okay. I would is tell you, those, character? those uh, yes, those are okay. the top three vote getters. So there you go. You, you, you identified the top three. I won't tell you the order yet. Uh, uh, but I do believe that I think you voted for Adrian Veidt. Oh, jeez. I think um, the people said Angela, you said Veidt. The people did say Angela, 63%. Vite is in second, 18%. And Cal is in third, 15%. What did you say? I did not say Vite. I said Angela. So what percent? I, I've, uh, her, her percentage or, or me? Your, your percent. Yeah. My percentage? Oh, well, I mean, the, the only other character I, was, I, I wanted to vote for was Will. Uh, once right. I couldn't vote for Will, I was kind of torn the three ways that you already discussed. But since Will, or since Angela is most closely connected to Will, I went with Angela. All right, fair enough. I said you were correct, Adrian Veidt. I gave him a hundred percent of my one vote. <laughs> Man, phenomenal. Hey, I really liked him in this final. I mean, oh, I think he so ties good. it together very nicely. He it's does. Like, a, like, it's almost like a, I don't say MacGuffin, or like a DOX Machina, but his presence almost entreats. <laughs> like, it, you could argue, had they not been showing Vite, this is, it's a, this is a very, like, DOX Machina ending, or like, yes, where he just comes true. in and turns it right. It could be, right? Yep. And, I, sure. and uh, same with this whole egg thing that she eats at the end. Possibly get powers, like, this whole mm-hmm. notion. But you are right. You know, they did hint about the egg a lot leading mm-hmm. up to here. Oh, and yeah. we see Vite so much leading up to this point that it's not really. I don't know. So it's great. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, I said Vite. Okay. Good episode for yeah. I, that, reasonable. Reasonable. If Will had been votable, would you have voted Will or no? The only thing with Will is he's really good one scene. But only only at the end. But it's only, only the end. That's the thing. But he's only yeah. at the end for like yeah. the theater scene and then. A few words at the home. Yeah. Yeah. But it was really know. good. Yeah. I said this per appearance, like like quality per time mm-hmm. on screen, Will has this hands down yeah. character this episode. I agree with that. Hands down. Yeah. <laughs> the quality density. Yeah. The quality density is, is, is high <laughs> with Will. So it might be series wide. Like, it you might go back be. and watch it. It might yeah. be. Like, every, might... Scene, every scene he's in is just so damn good. So I, it might be that he's just the most densely interesting character. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. Well, Kurt, we have one more PDPedia to peruse. Oh. Effective. Sh- Go ahead. I'm saying, what a shame. It's not even written by Petey. It's not. There's only one memo here. It's written by FBI Deputy Director Farragut. And uh, unfortunately, effectively, effective immediately, Dal Petey is no longer an agent of the Federal Bureau of Investigations. And uh, he's clearing, they're clearing out his desk. So if anybody wants any of his hundreds of comic books or copies of Rorschach's journal, uh, that's they're up for grabs. Also, a jug of what appears to be some kind of canola oil. Slippy McGee Slippy strikes McGee. again. <laughs> there he is. It's Slippy McGee. Slip, slip, slip. Silver slider. Loop man. No, his catchphrase is slip, slip, slip. <laughs> no. I'm Slippy McGee. You can't catch me. That's what it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. Uh, anyway, um, there's also, uh, there was, but there is no longer, uh, an album by the Nine Inch Nails entitled The Manhattan Project. Deputy Director Farragut has taken that so that he could smash it because, you know, his son loves that garbage. Now, this is a kind of a meta thing here. Did you, do you know this reference? Of what? Nine Inch the Nails? Nine Inch, no. Okay. So the Nine Inch, Nine Inch Nails, uh, two members of the Nine Inch Nails, uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross were did the score for all of the Watchmen series. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Which is a great score, by the way. It's it is really good. I really I, phenomenal. I love it. 
Uh, yes. it, it's so good. Um, and, and you know, these are Oscar winners, actually. The Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross have collaborated to do, to score other, you know, films in the past. They scored uh, th- such diverse films as The Social Network, for which they won the Oscar, <laughs> really? uh, and and um, Soul, the, the Disney Pixar movie. <laughs> oh, I I heard that. I didn't watch that, but I yeah. did hear it was a yeah. very good score. Yeah, so there you go. So anyway, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross do, do an amazing job, but this is just a a little. Uh, I guess internal dig at them. So pretty cool. Anyway, um, what's going on with Lori? Well, she's currently being debriefed uh, at a secure and classified location due to the sensitive nature of the discovery she made over the course of her investigations, none of which I am privy to, says the deputy director. And for those of you whispering that the said discoveries involve hoaxes and conspiracies linked to our commander in chief, I will remind you all of your oaths. So it sounds like there's are, there are at least rumors that she's blown the whistle on Vite. Cool. Yes, and world it would have come to an end. <laughs> Maybe all of his know. work. This guy saves yeah, the world twice, and she just blows it all up well, for some only, owl guy. Not Doesn't only even matter that. the owl guy. <laughs> I know. Not only that, like if she like she could undo the squid fall, but not only that, Doctor Manhattan is officially gone. Also, <laughs> did someone like reheat the squids? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> oh no! It's going to be gallant us in the sky in perpetuity. I imagine they reheated it. Uh, uh, there, it might be a, a mistake that they will soon see. <laughs> <laughs> that would be something. Anyway, it would appear that Agent Petey has taken it upon himself to continue the investigation, despite the FBI closing it. And it is clear now from his memos that Petey, and they give his Wortham spectrum here hero enthusiast obsessive slash solipist which i had to look up and do you know what solipist means no what does it mean well i'll tell you what it means as soon as i look it up again because i forgot so <laughs> it means uh the, the guess, self-centered oh. or selfish really yeah All right so anyway, uh, but that those are his uh, Wortham spectrum adjectives and they, they say that he is at risk for vigilante behavior it most likely always was. There you go. That's the last of the PDPedia. I kind of wish we got a bit more from Slippy McGee as to why <laughs> he was really doing that day. I think they're saving it for season two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it be like an endgame thing where they're going to call in all the big shots. <laughs> we're going to get back Dan Dryberg's going to get out Adrian Veidt, right? The new Dr. Manhattan and Slippy <laughs> McGee is going to join the ranks. <laughs> That's trusty canola oil. <laughs> Trust in the canola. <laughs> Trust on the law. In the canola. The canola. <laughs> oh, that was really bad. Okay. Anyway. Uh yeah, so uh we'll, we'll have to see this. Maybe they're saving him for season two. Who knows? I I guess what he did do in this season was he saw Angela dump the wheelchair bits. Right. And I th- think if i'm not mistaken at one point lori said that she knew about the wheelchair bits being dumped all right fair then. so i assume that's how she knew because del pd saw her mm-hmm. so there you have it okay kurt yes some programming notes unless you have any more to say about this episode or the series in general well we still have a recap so i i, I can save stuff for the recap but that for the episode it was a good finale you know i'm not i'm not just pleased at all and yeah, it was a very good series. I'm okay. very glad. I'm immensely happy with the series. Yeah, so. good. It is, it is awesome. I'm telling you, Damon Lindelof. Man. I'm happy we went down this road. I'm happy I went down and read the comics. Yeah. I still can't believe you're going to let me watch the series without <laughs> reading the comics. I'm actually kind of <laughs> mad about that. <laughs> you're willing to cover the series and just not have me carry, like, cover the I comics. Want, I, I didn't want to give you a homework assignment. I'm I, just I, saying. I, we I, should have I, covered it then. Well... <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to read the series. Had, I just had, had to complete the little offset. I made that nice summary spreadsheet for you. Yeah, but that's like, I don't experience it though. Then. I know. Like this cool I totally agree. Rorschach. Like Rorschach. Yeah. Man, I wouldn't get Rorschach if I, if I just looked at your notes. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, I'm I know. really glad that you read the, the, the yeah. graphic. No, I'm glad too. I'm, glad I'm too. very glad. So, anyway, but some programming notes here, as you already mentioned. Next week, we will have a Watchmen recap episode where we will rank our favorite episodes. I'm very interested to see where your rankings end up. You, you already know where mine are if you open the spreadsheet, but. <laughs> 
Anyway, I'm very interested to see where yours end up. Uh, and I'm interested to see what we come up with for our favorite titles, our least favorite titles, our most interesting characters, characters with, character with the most growth, the uh, uh, deaths. We can talk about deaths, like the mm-hmm. most shocking deaths, the saddest deaths, all that stuff. So we'll be talking about all of that next week for our recap episode. Uh, we'll, also, next week, we'll be covering uh, episode eight of The Last of Us. We're almost done with that season of television, which is exciting because I'm hating every second of it. I assume. No, you're loving it. <laughs> we are, we're both we, we're, we're <laughs> fanatical about it. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know yet because we're recording this <laughs> before we've even started watching that series. Who so knows? <laughs> it's a surprise to us as well as you. Anyway. Uh, in the meantime, go back and, and check out our back catalog. We've got Better Call Saul's last season. We've got some Black Mirror scattered, peppered in there. We've got set all of Center World, Dexter New Blood, all of the leftovers, most of Lost. We have one season left to cover of that. Uh, everything so far of Only Murders the Building, all of Ozark, first season of Russian Doll, everything so far of The White Lotus. And of course, I already mentioned we're right in, right coming up on the end of The Last of Us. So it's exciting times at Showhoppers. Speaking of showhoppers, email us at showhopperspodcast at gmail.com. Give us those five-star ratings and reviews and share the podcast. That's how we grow this show. And that, I think, is all of the calls to action that I need to make. Is that right, Kurt? Well, it would appear such, Mr. Sal. All right. Well, anything else you want to say about Watchmen before I ask you one final question? Hmm. We should unfreeze the squidlings. That's a good idea. (laughs) Somebody needs to do that. All right. Then I have one final question for you, Kurt. Mm -hmm. Was I a worthy adversary? You're all right. Shoe hammer some show hoppers into your day.